43 years ago, uh, this March, beginning of this March, uh, a group of people, about 25 people, and that's counting cats and dogs and anything walked by, uh, met together and had a vision for starting a church in North Bonita. Now, for many of you, you don't realize there was nothing in North Bonita. North Bonita had a bowling alley over here, and uh, that was about it. And all the way to Fountain Lakes was, in fact, I'm not sure even Fountain Lakes was there in 19, in fact, it wasn't. Fountain Lakes wasn't even there, no subdivisions. There was nothing. Coconut Point wasn't there, nothing. It was all fields and cows and overgrown. Going this way, south, you had the Dome Restaurant. Now, some of you remember the Dome. We, ca we care about preservation of uh, historical monuments. We tore that down. <laughs> they tore it down. I couldn't believe it. The, everybody knew where the Dome was. Hey, go to the Dome. You go to the, the Dome. Dome Restaurant was put there years and years ago. And there really wasn't much between here and there, population-wise, very little. This behind us here was just, uh, they cut the roads in it, but nobody lived back there. You could buy a lot back there if you want an acre and a half lot, acre and a quarter, I think, a lot for six to $8,000 if you wanted to buy one. Nobody wanted them because they were wet, full of cypress. And who would want to live there? Right, Abigail? Who would want to live there? Who would want to live in a swamp? No, who, who would have believed that that would be full of houses now? Who would have believed 43 years later that north of us is solid people all the way up? South of us, solid people. They had a vision. It had to be God because there was nothing really would indicate that this was going to happen. But they wanted to do something for somebody else. Now, all of those people, the original charter members of this church, are all gone into heaven except for Pat and Dave McCullum, the only two left. I joined up about three months into the church, though I preached their third, and I think I preached the third and the fifth Sunday at what the thing called the Shangri-La down there. It's still there, Shangri-La. We rented a little place there and preached in Shangri-La. We preached at the Church of God. We rented the Methodist building for a while. We were all over the place. And God began to uh, do something. We wanted this. One of, the, one of the visions of the original people here is they wanted something that God did. That God did. And that not man did. Man, we can do all kinds of stuff, but he wanted, we wanted God to work through us. And this message that I'm going to preach this morning has great sentimental value with me. Because... Uh, I'm going to look at my, let's make sure I get this right. The first time I ever preached it was in 1996. The second time I preached it was in the kickoff of our gymnasium in 2013. That's exactly right about 10 years ago. Many of you uh, need to hear this. All of us need to hear it. This message will help you. Second Chronicles chapter 22 Verses 1 through 5, I don't preach except this out of the Bible. You're not here to hear my opinion. You're here to hear the Word of God. And we want to, want to fulfill that. First Corinthians, First Chronicles, I mean, not Corinthians, First Chronicles 22, 1 through 5. The key verse is verse 5. Then David said, and, and a little background of this, the temple. David, man after God's own heart. 
He had a heart for God. That wasn't a perfect man. You know his trouble. You know, you know Bathsheba. You know everybody knows about David knows about Bathsheba. He struggled. He fell. But he got up. The righteous falls seven times and rises up again. He had a heart for God. He cared about the things of God. God recognized that. Raised him up, caused him to be the king of a nation, king of Israel. And he had, a, he had a dream that he could build a temple for the Lord. The Lord wanted a temple built. And, he, and he, he really wanted to build it. And God told David, no. I don't want you to build it. You've been a man of war. You've shed blood. You know, Saul has slain his thousand. David has slain his ten thousand. He was a man of war. So he established the nation of Israel, God did through him, through war. And he established the nation. It was the largest probably it ever would have been, ever was even under Solomon, his son. And they, and, he, and God told uh, David, he said, I'm not going to build it through you, but I'll build it through your son. Well, that, that got David going. He said, oh, I'm going to build it through my son. Well, I can collect some things for the temple before I die. I can get a bunch of stuff ready. I can't build it. But I can get a bunch of stuff ready for it. And so here's what we got. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 1. And David said, this is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel, and he set up masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for nails, for the doors and the gates and the joinings and the brass in abundance without weight. Also cedar trees in abundance from the Zidonians and the they of Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. And this is a key verse, the next verse. And David says, Solomon, my son, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent. I love that word, magnificent, magnificent, magnificent of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. I did some calculation. I went in there and did a little calculation of today's dollars of how much he prepared. He prepared over a billion in our dollars, over a billion dollars worth of materials he gathered together for the temple that was to be built by his son Solomon. A painter, we, and by the way, we have a painter in our midst. This, Neil Walling painted that from a scene down in the, I think off Old 41, if I remember right. He painted that. How, how is it a person can see that and do this? And if I was you, I'd buy some paintings from Neil Walling. He's getting old. And when a painter dies, you know what happens to the value of the paintings, man. I told him after he's gone, we're selling that for our next building. <laughs> but a painter will paint a picture and sit back and enjoy it. Neil comes in here every Sunday and he can sit back and enjoy, hopefully not critically, oh, I didn't do that or didn't do that or should I had a little more color here. No, no. But he sat back and enjoy the picture. I enjoy looking at that picture. 
I've been in that area. I've seen something close to that, or maybe the very scene itself. You guys have been down in Old 41. A sculptor will sculpt an image and sit back after the image is finished and behold its beauty. I am amazed when I went over to Israel, I was amazed at the, at the sculptures out of stone and you know, how, how smooth they were and how, how the detail they were. And I just couldn't imagine being able to do something like that. The talent, the raw talent God had given them and the tools that they had, that they did those sculptures and they were just, I mean, you'd almost reach out. They had veins on them and stuff. They, when you look at this, this is out of stone. And it showed the veins in a person's arm and the, the six-pack. I look at a six-pack every morning when I look in the mirror. All of you got six packs, you just hiding them. An architect, he'll build a structure. Brother Ingersoll is an architect builder kind of a guy. And, and you know, build he'll build a, build something, you know, you'll design it on a piece of paper, and you and you go through the process of building it, and it's in a it's a vision in your head that goes on a piece of paper, and eventually from a piece of paper it goes into construction, and the construction thing eventually comes, and you stand back, and you observe it, and you look at it, and you say, oh, that's beautiful. It came out great. Most of the time, an architect will be a little more critical of himself and his work than he should be. But we look back and say, wow, we had a vision for a gymnasium in 2015. Actually, actually, the vision for the gymnasium goes 12 years before that. I believe, I actually believe that Neil Walling did the perspective for that in 2003, and then we eventually built it in 2015. That's how long we waited to collect money and make it happen, paid cash as we go. And we finally got the money together, and we finally had the, all everybody was on board on it. Let's build a gym. That's called an Aranasium, by the way. The bottom house out there, you can only do that in Florida. And so we got together about a half a million dollars. And it was just, in my mind, it was just a vision, just a thought. Maybe we could do something like that. And eventually, it was drawn out and was built up. They brought the iron, and they put the metal on it and everything, and all the stuff, and there we got a gymnasium. It was amazing. I sit back day after day and appreciate that and look at it and say, boy, that's nice. Boy, we use that, by the way, six days a week. It's a, it's a well-used building. But David, but David, in our, in our text, was given the last part of his life to build a magnificent temple that he would never enjoy. That's different. That's different than what I mentioned about the painter and the architect and such. Been, they can stand back oftentimes and enjoy their work, but not David. David wasn't going to live long enough to enjoy what he gathered together. He, he was never going to hear the, the choir sing in the beautiful stone building. I don't know, when I went over to Israel and other places, you can get into a stone building and why, where, where's Brother Nod at? Where is he sitting this morning? Brother Nod, you in here? No, he's not in here either. Is he heading out to the lodge to get a head start on people? Why? Tell you what, but the echo of a choir, man, this building before we had drywall, it was all just cement. And, uh, oh, we got in here with a 40-member with a choir from Bob Jones University came down and, 
and they sang, and at various parts, the four parts, ooh, it was glorious. The echo had about two and a half second echo. Of course, that's horrible if you're trying to speak. But it's great when you're trying to sing. An echo sounds beautiful. He never got to hear that. He never got to he never got to see the beautifully sewn materials that made the holy place and the holy of holies. He never placed his hand on the smooth pillars that would line the courtyard. He never saw the so solid gold laver or candlestick or Ark of the Covenant, mercy seat, high priest robes. He never got to see those. All these things he would spend his last days assembling the material for. All these things he would plan, he would work, he would save, he would collect sacrificially. But David was doing something far greater, far greater than many people ever attain. You asked the question this morning, what was that? He was building something that he would never enjoy, but was strictly for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. That when I live for others, I might live like thee. Let me live from day to day in such a self-forgetting way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer might be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. He did something that he was not personally going to benefit from, but was doing it for others. You show me a person who will do something or build something for some that he will never personally or she will never personally enjoy, chase, see, and I'll show you a person that cares about other people and has character. A mother, I appreciate mothers that have no children serving in the nursery. I appreciate mothers that have small children serving in the nursery, but no offense meant we take care of their children. They ought to serve in the nursery, amen? Let's have an amen on that. Come on, the children are in there right now. The mothers that have children in the nursery, uh, they, they, we, we have help in there so that they can be in the services. And they, they, out of gratitude, you think, well, I want to serve in the nursery because I got children in the nursery. But will you serve in the nursery when you have no children in the nursery, Heather? Yeah, that's going to be the real test. Right now, you can't take that test because you still have children in the nursery. And you may have children in the nursery for the next 10 years. But I appreciate Jamie Gillespie. Now, she hadn't had children at home for a long time. In fact, they came back home, I think, though. Yeah, I haven't had children at home for a long time. And she's been in a nurse. My wife only had one child, and he was gone out of the house real quick. You know, it doesn't take long. 20 years, boom, they're out of the house. My wife served in the junior church and the nursery and everywhere. Everywhere for other people. Bus workers, without, ch without children, all their children are growing up out there this morning. We got 75-year-old bus workers, 76-year-old bus workers out there picking boys and girls up because they still care about kids, not their own kids. I, you ought to care about your own kids, amen? Everybody ought to care about their own kids, but do you care about other people's children? Do you? I got thinking about this subject. 
I got, I'm a little sentimental about older folks who've been here and the past are gone. I miss old Jim McCullum and Ernest Stewart and Chris Powell. Chris and Gene Powell, their vision was to see an auditorium like this made. He helped hire the architect, helped the whole thing happen, went through the planning part of it, did all a lot of, a lot of the work, groundwork that nobody sees. And then he got pancreatic cancer and died. And I called him before he died, and I said, I'm so sorry, Chris, that you're not going to be able to see the auditorium. I can tell you it's beautiful. It turned out just the way you wanted it to turn out. But where you're going, you'll be okay. It'll be better. And that's a man and a woman, Chris and Jean Powell, and so many others, by the way, gave to something they'd never sit in. Helped something be built that they would never enjoy. And I thought, we need to do something for those people. We need to do something. As a church out of gratitude, we need to do something for people like that. So I said, let's, let's plant oak trees along this outside edge of our property here on Quality Lane. Let's plant oak trees, and under those oak trees, let's put little plaques in memory of. I mean, and we have them. And we, in fact, I have so many people going to heaven, I got a whole a bunch of plaques going over the back of the property and over the side of the property, plaques and names on them of people maybe you don't know, but I get to go back there and walk by those and think about those dear folks. I thought, what could they, what could, I thought about, well, plant trees. These people that has, have helped other people that they don't even know they've helped, they've planted trees other people sit under. And hence, I came up with this message. Planting trees other people sit under. That's what, that's what that really is. David spent the last part of his life planting trees that he would never pick the fruit from, he would never sit under the shade of, but that he knew other people would eventually sit under that shade and enjoy them. David spent the last years of his life caring about the next generation and the generation after them. I believe it's time for the people of God who've been given the responsibility of the, of the faith and, the, and freedom we need to think about the future generation and build bulwarks by the grace of God. Stand for the old-time religion, the ancient landmarks, the old-fashioned values of purity and honesty, the old-fashioned respect of elders, teaching that the Bible is the word of God. Not get caught up with psychology or anthropology or sociology or the ten suggestions, God forbid evolution, or partial inspiration, or neo-orthodoxy, but just believe the good old time, the, the truth of the Word of God, not hope so, maybe, could be, but thus saith the Lord. Amen. We need, as here in this room, you need to think about planting trees other people sit under, that your great-grandchildren may enjoy, or your children may enjoy. I hate to say it, but this gen- there's many in our generation that are giving away or selling the ancient landmarks our forefathers have so, so suffered to have. I like history. I like to look, I like to read back about the founding of our country. I, li- I read the other day the Constitution of the United States of America. I just, it's easy read. You can read it easily in 10 minutes. I sat down, I said to my wife, I'm just going to read the Constitution. Man, I read that. Tears got in my eyes. The sacrifice that those men did, I never knew them. 
were separated by centuries. Yet they were thinking ahead. At, for us, they put those things in the Constitution to protect us so that we could be here this morning without fear of reprisal or being put in jail or being harassed or run out of business like they tried to do in Washington where they wouldn't make a cake for some homosexual couple and they've tried to run them people. In fact, I think they ran them people out of business. That's not the America our forefathers had in mind. And I'm going to get political. I know. Would to God our politicians would start thinking about our children. Our great children. Our great, great, great children. Because someday they're going to have to apologize to these children and great grandchildren and for leaving them in debt and spending money that was theirs. Balancing the budget is a no-brainer. When you don't balance the budget, you're stealing from the future. Why would you balance the budget? For your kids. What kind of America are we going to hand off to our children? What kind of America are we going to hand off? America that's the most in-debt nation in the world? People with character invest in things they never enjoy. We are custodians. Whether you like it or not, you're a custodian of your children's confidence. For God's sake, let's invest in our children in the future. For God's sake, let us plant trees other people will sit under and enjoy. Personally, I want to leave this church, Gospel Baptist. I've been entrusted as their senior pastor since 1992. I want to leave it better than I found it. Not worse. I don't want to take. I want to give. I want to leave it to the next generation, debt-free, maintained, solid, wolf-free, troublemaker-free, doctrinally pure, and hand it over to the next guy that God raises up to be the pastor of this church. David said, God's people need a place to worship. They need a place to worship. They need a place to sacrifice. They need a place to sing. They need a place to educate their children. They need a place to send out their missionaries. I hate to say it, but I've met some Christians, if it depended upon them, the church would collapse. The local church would disintegrate. People from up north will come to me and say, Preacher, we don't have a church in our area. Why? Why don't you have a church in your area that believes the Bible? Why? Somebody didn't plant trees. Somebody didn't plant trees that other people could sit under. I'm going to plant trees by the grace of God. I'm going to plant trees. Now, we planted those trees in 1996, and I have been fairly sickly in my life, and God has always kind of kept a gun to my head that I just may, may get to go to heaven, but I, here I am. I'm surprised this morning as you are. 
Maybe some of you wish I'd be gone. But anyway, I got, we planted those trees. They were just little, about that big around, you know. We had the trustees plant those trees. They took a transcent, transcent, and shot them, made sure they were straight. You know, planted them, dug the holes, planted them, boys. We had we had about 10 chiefs and no Indians. And we planted the trees. And I told my wife, I have a desire that I would live long enough to see those trees grow. I'd love to be able to see those trees get big along that road and drive in and see that beautiful. Now, they're not beautiful now because of the hurricane and we've had some storms. Actually, we had two storms pretty close proximity and it's damaged the look of them. But before all that, they were actually wonderful, big old thick oak trees and it was beautiful. I used to drive in. Now, you don't know that, but I'd drive in and go, man, woo! I love that. I love that. I planted, we planted trees. Most of the people planted them trees. I would say the vast majority of the people planted trees been in heaven a while. Been gone a while. They planted trees other people sit under. 1973. Anybody in here remember 1973? That was a recession. Brother John, you remember 73? That was a horrible recession. I about starved to death. I mean, I mean, I likened us. I had to let a car go back to Ford. I, I had to return a Ford, voluntary return to a Ford. I couldn't afford the payments. It was a Torino. 80 bucks a month. I couldn't swing 80 bucks. I couldn't make it. It just couldn't. I tried to make money and tried to work. There were no jobs. I was in Greenville, South Carolina, a place I wasn't familiar with. Couldn't seem to get enough work to make it, just enough to eat, and that was about it. Got behind on my house payment three months. They called me up and said, look, I said, man, I'm not, I'm going to pay you. I'm a Christian. I believe paying my debts, but there's no work. I'm trying to do. Those were the good old days. <laughs> my dad used to talk about the Depression. He was 10 years old when the Depression hit in 19. 19- 29, he used to talk about them like the good old days. I thought, the good old days? Who would ever want to go through that? But it did something. It gave him a sense of gratitude that you can't buy. Well, 1973, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, and Christmas rolls around. And my wife is, if you know my wife at all, the biker girl. She is big on Christmas. I mean, she goes wild. She is, she goes into a frenzy on Christmas. It's not normal. <laughs> I got a warehouse full of Christmas stuff. She starts Christmas at the beginning of November, brother. It's ready. We're here. Oh, I'm going to put your stuff out. I said, oh, my, let's wait till after Thanksgiving. She said, no, I don't have enough time to put it all up. So we had Christmas, She's, and she has not changed. A few people that are married think your wife's ever going to change. Forget it. They're going to be the same. 52 years down the road, it'll be the same. Wonderful. So in 73, I wanted Christmas, and I hate to waste a pine tree. Take a beautiful pine tree that's taken however many years to grow, and then cut it and put it in your house, and then when you're done, you throw it away. You know, I thought, I thought I'm going to be, I'm not, I'm not a tree hugger. But I thought, let's buy a blue spruce that has a roots to it. They used to, they used to do blue spruce when they'd have a root ball they'd leave on it with a, with a burlap over it. 
and you could put it in your house, and you watered it a little bit, you know, made sure you kept it moist, and you could enjoy it as a Christmas tree, then after you were done with a Christmas tree, you could take that tree outside and plant it. What an idea. So I thought, we'll do that. Troy was a, let's see, how was Troy? Let me see if I can figure that. He was one and a half years old, 547 and a half days, or 78 weeks. I asked these women that get pregnant, how far along are you? I'm 25 weeks. What does that mean? <laughs> Divide that by four and tell me how many months you are. I don't want to know how many weeks you are. I want to know how many months. How many with, how many with me on that? God bless you. And women, I want you to look at that. How far along are you? Oh, 36 weeks. Well, 36 divided by four. My wife went 43 weeks. I won't go into that, but anyway. This blue spruce. So I said, we want to plant this tree. Trove was small, year and a half. And so we went outside. Just out, We were in a mobile home park, and we had a slab there, a little porch they had poured out there. And I dug a hole out in the corner of the porch there, and we planted, you remember all this, guy put that blue spruce in, and we watered it, you know. But then, you know, I graduated from Bob Jones University uh, in 78, and, and we, we moved down here, or 77, and we moved down here and been here pretty much ever since. Well, in 1994, I said to my wife, let's go back up to Greenville and look around a little bit and visit some folks. So we took a little trip up to Greenville in 1994. Now, you know how many years that is? You calculate 78, 94. 73 to 94, I mean. 73 to 94, you calculate it up. How many years is that? 21? Tom Crichton. I mean, uh, Tom Crichton. Tom Cronin. He's a, he's, a, he's a genius with numbers. He can sit there and do numbers. 21 years. I hope you're right, Tom. It's going to be embarrassing after I say all this. 85-year-old man still can calculate, boom, like that. So 21 years later, we decided to go back to Greenville. So we go back to Greenville, and we get up in the uh, area, and I said, let's go back to that old trailer park we lived, you know, sentimental, kind of drive through the trailer park and see that Christmas tree's still there. And so, man, remember, Kathy, you and I drove down through there, and we found that we f it was a huge, magnificent blue spruce, and it was blue-ish. They're blue-ish for sure. I mean, it was just it was just shaped beautifully. Just it was huge. It was probably 20, 25 feet high. It was wide. But what really got me there was a chair an old lawn chair sitting underneath of it. Planting trees, other people sit under. I didn't get to sit under that tree. Never was big enough for me to sit under, but I was just thrilled. Smile came across my face as I saw that big old tree and I saw that old chair sitting there and I thought, glory to God, somebody has been under that tree enjoying life and one, not knowing who planted the tree, not even caring who planted the tree, just somehow or another, somebody put this old blue spruce here, and they enjoying the color of it and the shape of it day after day and sitting under the shade and enjoying it. Boy, I said, that's a beautiful thing. And I thought to myself, that's what life's about. 
Trust Christ as your Savior. Repent of your sins. Get your sins blotted out. And then live for other people by the grace of God. Everywhere around you do good to all men. The Bible says do good unto all men, especially them of the household of faith. That's the Bible. Jesus said in, 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 Mark, in Luke chapter 6, he says, Given it shall be given unto you. I, I paid for that, that tree and planted that tree, but I got paid back when I went up there and saw that thing. Man, I just got a joy, and I'm still talking about it here in 2023. I've enjoyed that all these years. I feel sorry for people that are hoarders to themselves, that are not givers, that are not wanting to share what they've been given. Maybe you have a, a talent to play an instrument and you're hoarding it. Maybe you have a talent to sing and you're hoarding it. Maybe you have a talent to be, get in bus boys and girls up there to help our bus minister and you're hoarding it. Maybe you got a talent to teach Sunday school and you're hoarding it. God forbid you keep that stuff to yourself. While you have this opportunity called life, while the window and the door are open to you, because I guarantee you there'll be a day that it will shut. You'll want to come. You'll want to be part of things. You'll want to be, but you won't be able to be. The first accident Tom Gillespie has, he's done. I, 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 he knows and I know. The insurance company will not insure him anymore after that. We had Hal Riffle. Otherwise, his name became Crash. <laughs> I don't even remember Hal. Hal Riffle, he, he, wrecked, he drove in his 70s. He was driving our bus force in his 70s, and he just did a little rear-ender, you know. But when you're doing it in a bus with children, the insurance company wrote us and said, Hal Riffle can no longer drive buses for you. Okay, all right. But we're not talking to him about Tom, and so the first, unless it's an accident, they don't even know he's driving. Actually, he's a good driver. Don't feel bad if you have children on a bus. It's okay. <laughs> when you lead a person to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've done the greatest sharing you can ever share. When you tell somebody about the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day for their sin, not for himself. Jesus died for you, according to the scriptures. He was buried for you. He was raised the third day for you, according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 4. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. See what it's about? It's not about pulling in and what, what, how much better. Oh, trust me. When you're given, you get. Jesus said when you give, you get given back to you, shaken down, shaken together, shaken, I mean, pressed down, shaken, and running over. God says the, the happiest people in the world are the people who plant trees other people sit under. I was around Jim McCollum. He was a happy man all the way to he got to go to heaven. Ernie Stewart, happy Chris Powell, all these people, and so many more, and God forbid I left people out and I had to, that have planted trees other people sit under. Why don't you this morning determine, I'm going to plant some trees other people sit under. Now, if you haven't trusted Christ your Savior, you need to be saved, man. 
You're going to face God someday and have to answer for your own sin. You don't want to do that. You want Jesus to answer for your sin. And he's already done it. And he says, whosoever will may come. And you can trust him. My simple childlike faith in him, boy, he'll wash you in the blood, make you clean inside and out. And give you eternal life. Put your name in the Lamb's book of life. Begin to prepare a place in heaven for you. Oh, Jesus is into planting trees other people sit under. I'll tell you that. And here at the gospel, we want to we be known. We want to be known forgiving. People ask me, what about all these people parked out back here? What The gospel Baptist campground. We got three over here and a few over. What are we doing? We're giving. We're giving. We're helping people. We're making provision for them. Years ago, FEMA wrote me. FEMA, you know FEMA? FEMA wrote me and said, make as many RV places in your church as you can in case of a hurricane. There we did. And we're helping people. I love to be able to help people. What about you? I don't, reg- I don't regret it. I love it. May the grace of God help us to get this principle and live your life that way. You won't have to go to a psychologist. Psychologists will come to you. That's right. I had a a PhD psychiatrist, psychologist come to me for consult. And she said, I had my own firm, had my own shingle, you know, shingle meaning advertisement. She said, I can't help anybody. I don't have anything for them. Only Jesus has the answer. I said, you're right on that, absolutely right. And she was, became a Christian and lived her life out for Christ. And I thought, man, the testimony from somebody who's been in there already knows that. The Lord help you today to make a decision for Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, help us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the opportunity one more time to be able to preach. Every time I stand up here, I realize there's got to be a last time. But may we plant trees as long as we're able to plant them that other people sit under. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.